Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Content warning. Check the show notes for more information. It's January 31st, 1961. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria. Rebecca and Ali, the Retrospectors. When one of the first astronauts to orbit the Earth died in 1983, the plan was to have his body stuffed and put on display at the U.S. Smithsonian Institute, which prompted an editorial from the Washington Post which read, Talk about dreadful precedents. It should be enough to make any space veteran more than a little nervous. But, of course, the astronaut in question was neither Yuri Gagarin nor Alan Shepard, but rather Ham the Chimp, who lifted off on his suborbital flight today in history in 1961. Although he was only publicly known as Ham the Chimp after he'd successfully landed back on Earth. Uh, Before then, he was referred to by NASA simply as Number 65, for fear that the press would latch on to a cute name for a chimp they were about to boost into space in a rocket. (laughs) Yeah, but despite his ordeal, which included six and a half minutes of weightlessness and, of course, the tremendous forces involved in being, you know, booted into space... When Ham landed, as scheduled in the Pacific Ocean, he had suffered no ill effects except fatigue, dehydration and a bruised nose from hitting his plexiglass capsule as he fell into the ocean, where the USS Donner was waiting to pick him up. They got to him a few hours later, which resulted in an incredible photo where they got him on the deck and they've opened this plexiglass capsule. It only measured 40 by 20 by 16 inches. And he's, <laughs> the captain has sort of reached out and Ham has taken his hand and it just looks like he's just shaking, uh, he's just shaking the astronaut's hand, like welcoming back to Earth. It's incredible. It's interesting that you've just taken the party line on this, by the way, Rebecca. Oh, that, you know, he touched know. down with nothing worse than a bruised nose. I mean, psychological injuries aren't necessarily obvious in a photo from 1961, are they? Yeah, and the USS Donner reaching him after only a few hours? I mean, it, it was supposed to be right there. Okay, the a few hours is a lot of time to bob around in yeah. the ocean yeah. in a plexiglass it, capsule. Nearly drowned, Rebecca. <laughs> yes, with a crack in it that was leaking water. He'd just been blasted into space. Landed a hundred. 32 miles from where he was supposed to and then had to wait to be rescued. <laughs> and I must say, um, even though it looks like he's even smiling in this photo... That's just chimp face. <laughs> well, <laughs> resting chimp face. Well, the primatologist Jane Goodall said, I've never seen such terror on a chimp's face, which, you know, naturally, I guess, does look like a smile when you're a chimp. He uh, seemed to be relatively relaxed until the paparazzi came along and then he got very distressed and began protesting, which he would. I mean, who wants to have paparazzi's cameras in their their face after something like that? He was like, yeah, I signed up to go 5,857 miles per hour into space. I did not sign up to be on the front page of Newsweek, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So the way that they trained Ham to endure this flight, and by the way, that name, Ham, was given to him in the end as an acronym from the Holloman Aerospace Medical Centre, which was the facility he was trained at. The way that they trained him was using a pretty controversial technique called avoidance conditioning, which is basically electrocution. Mm. So he'd sit in a special seat, which they called the biopack, 
It's a good euphemism, isn't it? Rather than ape torture restraint. And in the biopack, there were. We're little, originally going to call it the chimp shocker. <laughs> little electric probes in his feet. He would be trained to pull a lever within five seconds of seeing a flashing blue light. And if he failed to do that, he would get an electric shock to the mm. soles of his feet. Successful operation of the levers would result in banana-flavoured treats, which are apparently the chimp's favourite. There was an incredible article in the US Air Force magazine that's describing the regime of what they termed the chimpanauts. Other sources call them the astro-chimps. I don't think they ever settled on a definitive term. When it feels like you're quoting Kent Brockman, but you're probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes through their training regime, and obviously this is 1962. They're not shedding too many tears about the Chimps being electrocuted and kept in cages and experimented on, etc. You know, this is it's all done in a very gee whiz. America has got yeah. the space program of the future, but it is incredible, like the level that they trained them to. You know, they weren't just training them. You know, see a light, pull a lever. They trained them that this lever you have to wait twenty seconds and then pull it, then twenty seconds and pull it again. This one you have to pull twice. And they had little spacesuits for them. They had, they had all of this basically all of the same things like the G force training that the human astronauts would go through. These chimps were going through. You know, and the final phase of training took place in a mock up of the Mercury rocket capsule where the chimp would be strapped in and learn to manipulate the real control panel. And Ham was selected not just because he was smart he was ultimately selected because he seemed quote particularly feisty and in good humor it sounds sort of like they had a sort of like is he photogenic enough or we is he cool enough is this how cool this chimp you guys <laughs> does he look like he's smiling when he's electrocuted repeatedly through his feet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as you say like the level of detail that they went to with him does resemble a whole lot of stuff like the period before he was launched into space where all of the prospective chimpanauts were taken aside so as to prevent them from catching colds from the others who they'd trained with all has you know so much resonance with eventually the way that astronauts were trained and kept away from other humans before mm. their mission because obviously it's a hugely expensive thing to do and you don't want people getting sick this was like just before they started sending people up so it, so all of the research they did had to be immediately pertinent yeah, and actually, when I heard they sent a chimp into space, I did imagine a trauma going on for days. It, it was for 16 and a half minutes in total uh, until he crashed into the ocean, which was obviously traumatic in a different way. Mm. So, I mean, from an animal rights perspective, I understand the people who say, well, I think you should test on animals for medicine, but for nothing else, because we need medicine, but we don't need to travel to space. It's like cosmetics. But I can see the counter view, of course, which is that the people at NASA thought our survival as a species ultimately depends on space travel. And so Ham's a really necessary pioneer. And 16 and a half minutes of suffering and then he lives anyway is certainly worth it. Yes. I mean, I think there's something to that, except that any time you announce an experimental space program there are so many people who are bizarrely willing to put their hands up i was recently reading <laughs> yeah. about like like the the uh, prospect of a mars mission being a one-way trip has not yeah. deterred thousands of people from wanting to go on this thing and i'm just like who are these people who are willing to do it so maybe they didn't need chimps there would just would have been mad people who are like yep strap me to the front of that rocket i'm going up <laughs> <laughs> well and although he was visibly stressed during the let's face it it was an ordeal ham was nonetheless able to perform his tasks almost as quickly as he did in training almost as accurately so like all of that training had paid off like in a weird way i know that it's difficult because he's obviously an animal and there's no consent but like 
he did perform the tasks he'd been trained to do like a human would perform the tasks they'd been trained to do, even in the face of, you know, hurtling through space. Well, except as we've discussed on the show before, a human might pause for some looking back at Earth blue yeah. marble style, <laughs> right. contemplating the meaningless of war. <laughs> exactly. He didn't do that. Ham was all was business. Just like, and- colours into the right order, folks. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> no time for existentialism here. <laughs> and this is what was learnt from this mission that wasn't possible in previous ones using animals, where, you know, they were just strapping a cat to a chair ham was Mm. able to demonstrate that humans were physically and mentally capable of performing tasks in space and without that there would have been no use in going to space at all so afterwards he was put into the national zoo in washington dc for 17 years of solitude i really feel like pr wise that's something that nasa wouldn't do now Mm. but in a way i suppose it's better than him being wheeled out on the tonight show every day isn't it um, Do you think and he then, spent the re- he spent the whole time just boring all the other chimps in the neighbouring <laughs> enclosures with his stories about going to space? Yeah. No, he never saw any chimps, Rebecca. Again, there you are putting a positive spin on it. No, he was alone. And then he was put with other chimps towards the end of his life, but only managed three years with them. He died young for a chimp. Yeah, he died at the age of just 25. And do you know, I started this by saying that there had been some suggestion that his body would be stuffed and he'd be Mm. put on display. And then basically the public reaction was that people were just horrified by this suggestion. And so NASA's response was they were like, okay, 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 we're not going to stuff him. We're just going to put all of his bones into a tray and keep them in this tray in a drawer for, you know, until now. Like they are still, his bones are still in a tray in a drawer. But the rest of him, they say, is buried at the International Space Hall of Fame, the rest of him, the like tissue and sinew and skin <laughs> just, that they peeled off with just knives. stripped him. <laughs> Pretty rank. <laughs> Although I do understand why you would keep his bones because, you know, they are of scientific interest. There may yet still, I suppose, be some evidence of, you know, what this pressure of space does to a mammal's bones, which they need to look at. The amazing thing also is that they continued sending chimps into space right up until the 1990s. Animal rights groups only really got through to the people who were running these missions a good 30 years after all of this was going on. The second chimp to go into space, Enos the chimp, went up in his biopack and then uh, it had a malfunction in orbit, uh, subjecting him to 76 electric shocks, which they were unable to control. Um, But, you know, America's learned its lesson. Iran's still at it. They sent a monkey into space as recently as 2013. And the best bit, though, is is they then proudly boasted that it had returned safely, because that's quite important since the Americans did that in 1961, obviously, to show that you can do the same. But then it was pointed out that the before and after photos were of two different monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, just really changed his face being up there. Don't know how. (laughs) Tomorrow. So while Portugal was drawing a sort of horizontal line through the continent. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.